1: Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily. NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, October 5th. If you're listening to the podcast in audio form, Tuesday, October 4th, if you're watching with us live on YouTube, and it's our betting trends the Z show. Join me to look at some betting trends. John Breach and Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. What's up, fellas? What's
2: up? Not having a betting trends show. It's not for real unless it has the Z in it. Of course. It's like a sideways Z.
0: It's like if you go to like a a wing place, and it's like wings with an S, what are you doing? I
2: I don't want your wings.
0: I want to, yeah. See at
2: the end, I'm going to eat all your wings.
0: Or like if you go to some place that claims to be extreme, and it uses the e before the in the in the front of the word. It's not that extreme. Like you're not you're not really extreme unless you're dropping that e and going full like extreme. <laughs> Smash the like button if you're watching, or if you're extreme, or if you're if you like wings. <laughs> I'm trying to think what other words go have the z where it's like. I, I mean, I, obviously, I we're being sarcastic here. I think. I mean, I at least like if you have the z at the end, then I'm a little skeptical.
3: Yeah. I think I, I'm actually a little confessional. I forget exactly what it was, but I'm pretty sure one of my screen names when I was a kid, like, I had the Z thing in there. Like, there, there was something going on. Was your name Tyler Zolivan? I don't, I, for, I honestly, I wish I could remember it, but it was, there was there was some Z action in there for the the extreme screen name.
0: I saw, um, uh, speaking of wings, I saw, like, a an a Instagram reel for, like, like an eat, eat quick make at home game day wings, and now like I've been thinking about these chicken wings for like twenty four hours. I love
2: chicken wings. Yeah,
0: two wings, pretty are- good. Um. Okay. Anyway, that's the perfunctory small talk.
2: We good after the show, <laughs> chicken wing eating contest.
0: How many wings do you think you can eat in, a, in, in like a fifteen minute span?
2: I would get smoked by you guys, but I that could hold my own. But I don't think I would win.
0: Uh, why? Why why'd you say you guys? What are you accusing me and Sully of? I just well, think I that fat. we're just
2: extreme wings. We're just, we're just extreme wings. Solly lives like an hour from Buffalo, so he's naturally that makes him a good chicken wing eater. The I, I closer guess. you are to Buffalo, the better you are at eating chicken wings.
0: Yeah, but you're like you're like Jeffrey Dahmer. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: think he ate chicken wings, Brenton. <laughs> yeah, but the skill set translates. I
0: feel like. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get oh, into. Um, you know what? Uh, you know. You know who has? You know who has wings. Falcons. Falcons have wings. Ooh, there you go. What a, what a segue. <laughs> Skippy. By the way, we didn't win the uh, the podcast award. Did we, did we mention that last night? Uh, Morning Combat won it. Oh. So
3: good for them. Falcons so how, how happy are you that you're not getting a tattoo now? I had, uh, Or did you want one? Were you thinking about it a little bit? I didn't like, want Actually. a tattoo.
0: I was, kind of, I was kind of excited about winning an award just because I wanted to spend the next like year of my life explaining to people that I'm an award-winning Podcast host. Yeah, that does sound nice.
3: Right. You yeah, know, but like an award nominated. Oh, I guess that doesn't roll off the tongue that much. Uh,
0: but nearly award winning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, nearly award winning podcasters. Well, because like Grammy nominated
3: still sounds nice. Like if it's like Grammy nominated, blah, award blah, blah, blah. nominated that podcast.
0: Sounds that sounds
2: a
3: little too vague to me.
2: It sounds desperate. <laughs> the guy who almost got a tattoo for winning an award, Will Brenton.
0: Nearly, nearly award-winning podcast. All right. Falcons and the Falcons versus the Buccaneers. Falcons soul. Oh, let me double-check that. Um is it Falcons at Buccaneers or Buccaneers at Falcons? It has to be at yeah, it has at to be bu- at Buccaneers, Buccaneers right. if it's minus eight. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, both are two and two tied for first place in the division. It's actually moved up to eight and a half. The under, over-under is 48. I don't think we didn't talk about this game on our look okay, at. Did we breach? No, we didn't because we talked about the Chiefs on Monday night, but not the Falcons. Um, I, this is an interesting one because the Bucks are, have, you know, they haven't been great this year. The last time people saw them, they didn't look good, you know, on off. I mean, they looked okay on offense. Not very good on defense, obviously. Um, Atlanta now missing Cordero Patterson for the, I believe the season he's on IR. So at least okay. that's right. Um, and then there was a, there's a ton of injury news coming out of week four, Mm. which is to be expected. Like this is, you know, you could kind of like the the injuries are going to pile up now. That's just kind of how it works. You know, you (laughs) four or five, six, seven weeks of this NFL season will wear on people. Um, what kind of trend you got? you seen here, Sully, on uh, on Tampa Bay and Atlanta? Obviously, the line has moved half a point.
3: Well, I mean, I look at the Falcons and they're like this year's Lions from a year ago. They're four and zero against the spread. They've they've covered in every single game that they've played this year. But mm. I, I do wonder if this is where it's going to kind of go awry for them, where that perfect against the spread uh, record is going to go go away because Tom Brady absolutely owns this matchup against the uh, against the Atlanta Falcons throughout his career. He's ten and zero. And his career starts against the Falcons, including playoffs. Insert your 25 to, you know, 25-point Super Bowl joke. But he's only one of four quarterbacks to have that great of a record, 10-0 or better in his career. Elway against the Patriots, Andrew Luck against the Titans, Autogram against the Cardinals. He's just absolutely been wow. insane, a passer rating, 113.9. It's the best first any team in his career for some reason, he just absolutely owns the Atlanta Falcons. So this one, again, you might be a little weary because, you know, it's eight and a half to kind of a big number. And obviously the Falcons have been good against the spread this year, but historically Brady is absolutely on this team.
0: By the way, if Tom Brady were to throw a breach, two touchdown passes and zero interceptions in this game, do you know that he would have 28 touchdown passes and three interceptions in his career? Oh so
2: my that's God, that's going right. to happen because to 28-3 always comes up with anything involving the Falcons. Yeah, we just saw the comment of uh, Brady and Giselle possibly getting divorced. New, York's page Wait, what? New York Post page hmm. six reported to uh, hire divorce lawyers. And you know what, Princeton? you've made this point the last couple of weeks is that you think you can put that stuff away when you're not out there playing games. Some people can. Some people can't. Brady seems like a guy who can. But there is always that chance that these things are in the back of your mind while you're on the field. Um, but, you know, Brady's been doing this for so long. Uh, and I'm sure you know everybody deals with life problems sometime or another. So I'm sure this isn't the first time he's dealt with issues. Um, or, th- was
0: what he to, was he married to? Um... No, no. Okay, yeah. Uh, but he, one he, other he, thing is, is it, what? What, a, what a plot. This is like, I mean, they're basically getting. I mean, okay. All right, Let's. Unless I don't want to dive into the Tom Brady allegedly getting divorced thing and make it like a big part of this podcast, but I do think it's like. I mean. Like I think it's important for the Buccaneers season. Like, if if the Buccaneers are two and four and Tom Brady felt like he was gonna lose his marriage, would he would he walk away from football? I mean, obviously, clearly it doesn't I look mean, clearly like clearly not, in right? I mean all the stuff that's been leading up to this, and again, it's just a report that they've hired divorce lawyers, but like the fact that I mean we heard you know, Tom Brady retired and then came back and then you know was away for like the 11 days. And it was weird. And then Giselle puts out that L interview that we talked about where she, you know, she says it's my time now. And then Tom Brady's been acting like sort of sullen and, and not thrilled about stuff. I mean, it all kind of checks out, I guess.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it makes sense It feel, it felt like it was trending this way. I mean, as it relates to this game, I don't know how much it's really going to have a huge impact on it. I mean, maybe Brady just is, you know, pissed off and is like, all right, I'm going to go scorched earth take all my anger out on the Falcons. Like maybe that's where we go. Maybe you lean over on this. I mean, that is something where, you know, maybe it just scores a billion points, but it, yeah, it's a, it's I, a, I feel like that kind of checks out, right? Like, doesn't that kind of feel like where, where this thing's heading in terms of, I don't, of I don't think Brady's going go to go there and be in? sad against the Falcons. I'll say that. No, no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be one of those like doom and gloom. I'm going to hand it off to Fournette every time and just kind of soak off the field. No, it does not feel that way.
0: Um, man Breach, have you written about that's this for CBS?
2: Throws a wrinkle, in it. I have not. Uh, that's the biggest. That's the biggest yeah, surprise think, of all. I think divorce speculation is a touchy sub- subject that you know you kind of stay away from unless Brady or Giselle. Great statements come out. I think right exactly. Light. I think you want to be getting too crazy with the report from the New York Post, uh, that's that, and that's not you, to say it's incorrect because yeah. obviously, as settle Tyler, down, settle down, Walter right. As Tyler said. Uh, you know, it feels like it has been trending this way. Um, but again, one thing about Brady is that it's not just going to be, Hey, I'm playing the Falcons, the Buccaneers have not looked good on offense, and maybe it's because of all this, maybe all of that weighs into it, but also they've lost two straight games, and you rarely see Brady lose two straight games, you know, you never see Brady lose three straight games. Uh, in his career, he is fourteen and zero straight up, coming off a two-game losing streak. He is twelve and two against the spread. Those are just two numbers that kind of blow me away because it's Brady putting his foot down. Uh, yeah, we're not losing a third straight game. Uh, and anytime he has had two straight losses, his team has averaged thirty-one point six points per game in that third game to avoid that third straight loss, and they have won. Uh, Eleven of those twelve games by double digits, so they just go out there and they spank teams. When uh, when Brady's coming off a two-game losing streak, so it is going to be Brady scorched earth out there.
0: Yeah, it's going to was- feel too. Um, yeah. Like I don't think you can set this line up high enough. Also, the Falcons love to run the football. That's what Arthur Smith loves to do. They don't pass a ton. Uh, you can't run against the Buccaneers even with Akeem Hicks out. So. I think it's a bad spot for Atlanta where it sort of not that really it all comes crashing down. It's just in Tampa Brady pissed off Tom Brady. Who's who's dominated this team. Um, I think, you know, we, we talk on Sunday night about like, get your bets in early. Uh, I, th- I think this line could move up to like 10.
3: And it, this is week two now of having everybody back in the fold in terms of his pass catching weapons. Obviously Mike Evans had the suspension a couple weeks ago godwin's getting healthier now so again that could be something here too i mean they put up what 31 points last week so it's not like they were starved for points or anything like that but still that's just another thing that trends favorably for the buccaneers offense
0: for sure all right moving on to the next game man what a crazy plot twist What a, i mean what a six months for tom brady yeah weird year weird year for him i mean the, the miami stuff Dolphins minus three and a half versus the Jets, a surprisingly low line, although actually, excuse me at the Jets, Dolphins minus three and a half at the Jets. Um, so that line actually makes sense. Although Tua talking about Loa has been ruled out. Thanks Dolphins for getting ahead of that one. Um, really impressive work by you. Um, yes, Josh Julie in the chat does point out the chiefs ran against Tampa. The chiefs did a good job running credit to their offensive line, but you usually don't run against Tampa. Um, Dolphins minus three and a half at the Jets. Sully, any trends to look at here?
3: Well, my, my question is how much – I mean, yes, we're, we're crediting Tuatunga Bailoa for really helping this team early on. He looked like a, he was taking somewhat of a leap. They finally built an offense around him. But how many points are we giving him? Because the look ahead was five and a half, and now it's it was Dolphins minus five and a half, and now it's minus three. Is that – like, how how are we looking
0: at that? How are we viewing that? Minus three, minus 120. So it was minus three and a half, now down to minus three. I mean, basically, they're saying that two is worth two and a half points more than Jacoby Brissett. Which feels, so I mean, they they have, have a sense of humor months. in Vegas. Tua worth two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here?
3: Um, that feels like a bit much. Because I still don't, don't feel like it's that much
0: of a drop-off. Like, Teddy Bridgewater went, came in ice cold off the bench and looked pretty good against... And threw a
2: 64-yard pass with, like, 61 air yards to Tyree Gill. And that's, that's kind of what, what I
0: can't do, yeah.
3: That's kind of what I'm getting at. I don't know if, you know, as much as he was promising to begin the year, I don't know if his loss is as big as any other, like, starting quarterback. I, I don't know if it's really worth two and a half points. I, I actually thought that Bridgewater was throwing the football better down the field than, than Tua Tagovailoa was in that game. Before he went down, there, he even threw an interception to Tyree Kill, it was just an underthrown ball. You look later on in that game, Bridgewater is pushing the ball a little bit further. With those type of skill position players like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, I almost feel like this plays more into Miami's hands offensively. Not to say that he's going to take the job from Tua whenever he's healthy and cleared to come back, but I do think that the deep passing attack is going to be a little bit better here.
2: Yeah, and I agree with Solomon. I just don't think this is a huge step down at quarterback for the Dolphins. It might be a minor step down, but two and a half points just seems like a huge overcorrection. And it feels like you are kind of get a bargain with the Dolphins here. And they've dominated the Jets, too. They've won four straight. All four wins have been by at least a touchdown. Uh, and it's not even four straight. It's eight of the past nine. So this is a, a Dolphins team that still has all their weapons, too. It's not like Tyree Kill sitting out or... Jalen Waddle's sitting out. They've got all their weapons. They've just got someone else uh, firing the gun, and that's going to be Teddy
3: Bridgewater. So, and, yeah. and speaking of Teddy Bridgewater, let's not forget, he's unbelievable to bet on. He's just an absolute cover machine. I have the numbers right here. He's covered 67% of his games since 2000. And since 2000 that's the best out of any quarterback. He's 42-21 and 21 against the spread. Even better twenty four and six against the spread eighty percent in his career on the road it's wild
0: i think I think part of that too is because teddy um uh there's there's a study that five thirty eight did recently where it's like when a quarterback is out, the team with the backup quarterback does unusually well against the spread it's like sixty five percent and it's it's mainly because of the psychological discounts. like oh they're playing a backup like yeah, you know, P- the line is set because they're playing a backup quarterback, and it ends up actually the team with the backup quarterback. Like for instance, Miami now just like Miami minus five and a half with Tua, I'm taking the Jets for sure. Miami minus three with Teddy, I'm a little more intrigued with the Dolphins there. Um, you know, you're gonna have to go up to New York. Doesn't look like the weather's gonna be too bad. Um, in the in the Meadowlands, sixty-five degrees or something like that on Sunday. So no no rain, not a ton of wind. Teddy Bridgewater can go up there and sling the ball around. Um. And obviously we should, you know, throw in the caveat of,
3: yes, tongue of is probably a real reason why this line moved. Do we give anything to the fact that the Jets were able to win in Pittsburgh last week? Is, do you think that that's any reason with Zach Wilson being back and playing well in the fourth quarter, 10 to 12, 128 yards, he threw a touchdown. Is that any anything that we can be nervous about if, if you're laying the points here with Miami?
0: I, I think that's, that's, I think it's the combination of two and Zach Wilson that moved the line. Like Zach Wilson is clearly an upgrade. I Clearly an upgrade over Joe Flacco, right? I mean, even if he didn't play well the first three quarters, he's. Yeah, you'd hope so. No, I'm saying, like, I mean, don't we think after one week that he's an upgrade? I mean, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco had like yeah. one good, two good drives against Cleveland, basically, to, to pull out that win.
2: In 90 good seconds. That, that was Flacco. Yeah,
0: right, right, right. There's probably a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to make it. Um, sure. <laughs> Fast and Furious. Um, the uh and you made it. Is it's a is, is movie that breaches it in, Fast and Furious Five. Did you know that, did you know that, right, Sully? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, everyone knows because I tell everyone all the time. Yeah, and you made it anyway. Um, the, yeah, so I think I would lean. I don't know. I don't know which way I lean on this one. This I think it's a tough game to pick. I, I would probably want to take the points of the Jets, but Teddy is Teddy did look. I thought Teddy looked pretty sharp throwing the ball around.
3: Yeah, I like the Dolphins here. I'll lay okay. the, the field goal.
0: Next up, the Brady blinks in my face. Steelers at the Bills. The Bills minus 14 hosting. uh, By the way, way to go. Way to go, Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. You uh, brought Kenny Pickett in for basically what amounts to a half. And then you said, all right, (laughs) go enjoy Buffalo against this very good Bills defense. As we pointed out on Sunday Breach, this line moved from um, 13 to 14 very quickly. And it should continue – I would guess it, it's not going to come down. I mean, I lean towards the Bills here just because I think that they can really, like, lean on – I mean, they can really squeeze like, – just make make life tough for, for a rookie and Kenny Pickett. But uh, I'm curious what the trends are here, Sully.
3: Yeah, I, I don't have that many trends. It's mostly just wanted to talk about Pickett and, and how this is going to really impact him. Again, this was something that I think, you know, we've talked about a bunch – and obviously in the preseason, I know I was big on might as well just start pick it now. It's not like Mitchell Trubisky was blowing doors in the preseason. It kind of felt like things were even. And now you're setting him up in a just a horrible position. You had to thrust him into a middle of a game last week where he threw three picks. He did run for two touchdowns, but you're putting him in under duress, really no preparation. And now you're asking him for his first NFL start to be against the Super Bowl favorite Bills in Buffalo, one of the most hectic environments in the NFL, I just think that the Steelers botched this in, in basically since the summer of trying to bring in Kenny Pickett. You invested a first-round pick in him. It's not like it was Ben Roethlisberger that was there, where it was kind of a Eli Manning, Daniel Jones type of transition, where it's a little bit awkward just because that guy did lead you to Super Bowls and he was your franchise guy. You don't really owe Mitchell Trubisky anything. It's going back to the summer. I don't know why they made that decision in the first place. It felt like it was inevitable for us to get to this point, and now – When you had an easier part in your schedule to begin the year, now all of a sudden you're asking him to make his first career start in Buffalo. That's just a bad way to start things off for a first-round pick.
2: They are throwing Kenny Pickett to the Lions. I mean, this is – and not the Detroit Lions. They are just feeding him to the Lions. This is – you look at what – because of the schedule. Um, The schedule is a gauntlet.
0: Isn't it throwing him to to the wolves? Can't you Uh, feed people to Lions?
3: I think it's both. Well, I think I've heard both, but I – Definitely for, I, for, I feel for, like that's for. the first
0: time I've ever heard throwing him to the Lions. <laughs> Feeding them I the liked lions. the Detroit
3: reference though, so it kind of worked in the end. Yeah, I, was, yeah,
0: I, 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 thought, I thought he was honest. This. I thought he had something he was going with. <laughs> yeah, continue on. All right, sorry.
2: But you look at what the the Steelers have over the next few weeks. It's not just the Bills this week, it's the Buccaneers after that, it's the Dolphins after that, it's the Eagles after that, before you get to this buy, And so you're throwing Kenny Pickett out there. And if he has any confidence, it might all get destroyed by the time you get to your bye in early November. And, you know, like Tyler said, if you put him in earlier when the games were more winnable, uh, you know, let him build some confidence, maybe pick up a win or two. You feel a lot better about yourself. But if he goes out there, throws for 90 yards in each game with four interceptions and the Steelers are losing by three touchdowns, uh, that's a quick way to kill your quarterback's confidence. So this is definitely an interesting decision. Um, But the point spread, my God, it is just...
3: Insane. T- two touchdowns. Huh, I don't know where I stand on this one. But the odds makers are, are kind of just, you know, hammering that point home too. It's this kid's gonna be a two-touchdown dog going into this type of environment. They're not expecting the Steelers to be anywhere near competitive in this game.
0: Uh over under 16 and a half points team total for the Steelers. I would lean under.
3: 16 and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, think, I mean, do we think that the, the flying the flying Candy, candy, do you think Candy Pickett is gonna lead them to three scores? Doesn't feel like it. Not there. It's a tough place to play. Steelers won there. Was it last year or was it two years ago they won there? Last year in the opener. Oh yeah, that's right. Week one. Yeah. They they beat them there last year in week one. And it was a shocking, like a shocking, shocking loss for they're, they're, the Bills are the Bills are not afraid to have a bad, a weird, bad loss. I mean, all NFL right. teams will do it, but, but like Jaguar the Jaguar game are, last year. Yeah, and then at Jacksonville last year, um, this one doesn't feel like that spot though. Even though they're coming off a huge win against back-to-back road games, they go one and one. They probably feel like they should be a four and zero, oh, and right, and they yeah, and, and they now they're going to you know, the host the Steelers in a game where, you know, I, I mean, look, you you have to the the Dolphins are. Or there the dolphins are lingering in the division you can't you can't you know take your foot off the gas so uh i mean i think i, li- I lean towards the bills here but you're laying 14 nobody likes to do that that's a that's a lot of points to lay all right uh, and real quick the bills have yeah. played yeah the, yeah the, too. you clearly throw some of the Lions is
2: yeah it exists it's real all right i feel a lot better about myself i had to google it to make sure i wasn't crazy and now i feel I less like, crazy
0: throw, throw to the wolves is a lot more common and also sounds better I mean, I, I yes. feel like I've heard both more
3: wolves than lions.
0: I mean, would you I'd rather, rather be, be eaten by a lion or a wolf? Oh, well, I just feel like it's a lot easier to find wolves to throw somebody to. I think a... well, that's lions more dangerous. Well, yeah, I'd rather but I mean, like it's you gotta you gotta travel like Africa to find a pack of lions. Would
2: you rather rather be walked in a room with one lion or one wolf?
3: I mean, one definitely wolf. Wolf, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a wolf. What are we it talking about?
0: If you're thrown. big uh, a lion is thrown to the wolves, you're thrown to a pack of wolves, like you're dead either way. Like you're not surviving a pack of either of them.
3: I mean, if you're playing that strategy, maybe you pick the lion because it's bigger, maybe it's a quicker death. If it's a smaller wolf, then maybe you're fighting it a little bit more and it's a little bit slow of a burn.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, I was going to throw out one more. Way, I'm so. just
0: saying that, like the the reason that you hear wolves more commonly is because you can find wolves like in America. You can't find like a bunch of lions. Like, go to a zoo. There's like, you not the, You're not allowed it. to go to the zoo and lob people over the fence. It's not. That's not how this. That's not how this. This thing works. It
2: was my scenario. That's how it can work.
0: Okay, I'm then you need to, to include the, the zoo lion. factor in that there.
2: All right. Well, then next time I will say feed you to the lions at the zoo. There you I go. will I will complete the entire sentence. But one more nugget about this game is that dating back to last season, the Bills have won five straight home games. Uh, and they've won them all by at least two touchdowns. And that includes a 41-7 win over Tennessee this year. We've got a bird
0: battle. Four and Eagles are headed to the Cardinals. And the Eagles, I believe, are minus five. Has this moved? Didn't we say it was going to move? Is it five and a half or four and a half on Sunday breach? I believe it was four and a half. Yeah. So it's moved to five. I thought it would get to five. I thought it was like four and a half moved to five and a half. Maybe it's come back down a little bit. It was definitely four and a half. Yeah, it was four and a half. It was four and a half. Okay. But I, okay. I thought it had moved to five and a half when we were talking about it. Maybe I'm wrong. Either way, this is moving the direction we we thought with Philly getting, you know, now minus five over under 49 and a half. I like the kind of like the over this game. I think it could be a shootout. Um, I think it's a pretty good game to target for DFS purposes. And I like the Eagles because I don't believe in the Cardinals. Although everybody's in on the Eagles. Everybody's out of the Cardinals home game. It does. It is a little stinky to back the Eagles here, but they've been very good as far, as road favorites so far this year.
3: Yeah. And one thing to point out here too, is if all of a sudden the Cardinals, which is something that they haven't been able to do this season, but if the Cardinals are able to kind of punch them in the, in the mouth early, You're talking about a team in the Eagles that has played with a lead the most in the NFL. They rank number one playing with a lead in the NFL, and the Cardinals are dead last. So you're kind of going on both ends of the spectrum here. But if all of a sudden the Eagles start trailing and they have to play kind of a catch-up mode, that is some uncharted territory here for Philadelphia. I mean, as much as I like them, I've picked them to win the NFC even before the year. Still feel that way. Their schedule is just extremely easy down the stretch but that is one area where you might get a little bit concerned.
2: And Brenton mentioned that this game is a home game for the Cardinals, which they might be the one team in the NFL where that means absolutely nothing because they have lost seven straight home games. Uh, They lost to the Rams in week three, 20 to 12. They lost to the chiefs in week one, 44 to 21. And they have struggled at home. They're giving up a lot of points. They've given up 30 or more four times in, of seven of those losses during this losing streak. And they, they've given up, I think, the fifth most points in the NFL. The Eagles have a top-five rushing attack, a top-five passing attack. I mean, it just feels like as long as the Eagles, uh, you know, aren't turning the ball over five times in this game, that they might be able to
3: run away with this. The other thing here to point out, too, and it kind of goes back to the kind of the front-running thing, for Philadelphia, they absolutely dominate the second quarter and kind of struggle everywhere else. They're plus 71 in point differential in the second quarter. They're minus 27 in all other quarters. Yeah, it's so crazy. Right. So if all of a sudden Arizona could just stop them in the second quarter, odds I, are you're probably going to win.
0: I, I think it's more about like them starting slow and then pouring it on and then having a lead and sitting on that lead in the second half Then, excuse me – then. Um, Any sort of like, I think then any sort of like second half struggles. I mean, you know, I mean, definitely it's concerning that you're not scoring points in the second half. But when you have a lead like that, you know, if you have a lead in bad weather against the Jaguars at home, you're going to, you know, you're going to pound the football in the second half, force them to make, be perfect on all the drives. And so I think that's, that feels like, like a lot of what they're doing. Although, you know, the Detroit storm backing him through the back door, it does feel a little, you know, there is some, I would say, some concern about, like, you know, in, in, in an elite matchup, is Nick Sirianni going to know to keep his foot on the gas because he needs yeah.
3: to? If um, you want even more specific, minus 20 in the fourth quarter point differential. That's Again, for a backdoor kind of situation to think about. Yeah. Yeah, so
2: it, it's, it's, but to that point real quick, is, and this is kind of goes to Brinson's point, is that we don't know that the Eagles are a bad fourth quarter team because they haven't had to push in the fourth quarter. The first three weeks – they led the Lions 38 to 21 in the fourth quarter. So they're up 17 points. Uh, week two, they led the Vikings 24 to seven in the fourth quarter. So they're just kind of coasting. Week three, they led the Commanders 24 to nothing in the fourth quarter. So it's just a matter of let's just run the ball, run out the clock, and go home.
0: First, your defense did not let them score. And it's worked so far. But yeah, that does leave them susceptible to when, you get, when you're laying five, you know, that's, you know, the card, you're down, you're up 12 with. Three minutes ago and the Cardinals score a meaningless touchdown and all of a sudden you have know, go for two and cut it to four. You know, who knows what they would do. But you you you're down, you're up 11, whatever it is. You know, there's a there's a possibility there of getting back towards. So just worth considering. All right, one more game and then we will um take a break. Bengals at the Ravens, Ravens minus three. The Ravens are actually uh minus one fifteen at minus three. We we talked about this on Sunday. I believe there were the Bengals were plus three plus minus one twenty. So the the line hasn't moved. No huge surprise. It's an AFC North m- matchup between two two good teams, uh, both two and two, both tied for first, along with the Browns. And you don't want to give more than three and a half. Into a lot of times in these matchups, but to see the juice shift like that indicates that maybe a little more money on um, the uh, the 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 Ravens coming in. Although Breach has already said he is backing the Bengals to win outright. Yes,
3: yeah.
2: that is true. That look for me, it is. The Ravens have the worst pass defense in the NFL. They've given up more passing yards than anyone. They're the only team in the NFL giving up more than 300 yards passing per game. They're going against the quarterback who averaged about 490 passing yards against them in two games last year, including the 525-yard game. And in the Bengals' past 12 games dating back to last season – They're eight and four. None of the four losses have been by more than three points. When they lose, it's close or they win. They just, this, this, this team is too good to get blown out. They're good on defense. Their, their offense has high, it's a high powered offense. Uh, Tough time seeing them getting blown out. That's all.
3: I'm I'm with breach here. I like the, I like the, like the Bengals here. I mean, you talked about Joe Burrow, just absolutely dominating them last year. His passer rating was the best any quarterback has ever had in NFL history against one team in a single season and even you talk about the defense too you go back from the start of 2021 through this season the Bengals have been able to get 30 plus yard touchdown plays almost better than anybody in the NFL while the Ravens are letting up 30 plus touchdown plays the most by anybody over that stretch so you have weapons like Jamar Chase T Higgins Tyler Boyd all of that and a capable quarterback in Joe Burrow that has a good history against this team you can see them clearly winning this game outright and to take a field goal here just feels like, you know, taking candy from a baby.
0: Kind of a bummer that um, this game is on Sunday night football. So I can't, we can't use it. in D- It's great for like watching purposes, but for D like, I, this is a game I would love to have targeted DFS. Like, I feel like this could be an absolute shootout between these two teams. Um, the Lamar and the Ravens just, you know, looking fairly unstoppable on offense for the most part. And then, you know, of course the, the Bengals have tons of talent and the, like the, the Ravens don't have a great pass rush so that, you know, that, Sort of, you know, you don't have to worry about the Bengals, you know, biggest, you know, uh, Achilles heel in their offensive line. And Cincinnati should be able to throw it deep against this Ravens secondary. So, fun game coming. I, I sort of lean towards the, the idea of taking the field goal. I definitely lean towards the idea of this goes to three and a half, you're taking the three and a half of the Bengals. Yeah. Because there's an ability to uh, get in the back door. Or if you have the lead, and clearly Baltimore not afraid to cough up a lead. This season they've
2: uh one one quick thing I'll throw in about the Ravens that this is a home primetime game for them. They are 14 and one straight up in their last 15
0: home primetime games. And they just lost uh, a, a bad one that they shouldn't have lost to the to the Bills. So this could be a bounce back spot, plus a little bit of revenge for last year's butt kicking from the Bengals. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll touch quickly on the awards
1: market next.
0: So, there are some uh, awards markets to look at around Caesars. MVP specifically is an interesting one. It always is. It's too early to decide who would be the most valuable player in the National Football League, but there's some obvious candidates Josh Allen, three to one. Patrick Mahomes, five to one. Jalen Hurts, five and a half. Lamar Jackson, five and a half. Justin Herbert, 16. And Joe Burrow, 20 to one. Now, the favorites, uh, any value that you guys see in the MVP market out there? I mean, I still think Patrick Mahomes, even though he's number two, five
3: to one is is great. Again, he's my preseason pick, so I'm gonna stay with it. But I just think that he is able to lift his teams in ways that you know not few, not many quarterbacks can. You saw that just unbelievable play against the Buccaneers last week. It feels like he's able to elevate this team even without Tyree Kill. Like I think that narrative will help him too in the, in kind of making the argument. So for me, I like Mahomes.
2: Yeah, Mahomes seems solid, and uh, the Chiefs offense seems to be getting better every single week. I think last week we talked a little bit about Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't hate Justin Herbert at 16-1 to because I think the Chargers are kind of bouncing back. We kind of uh, – I don't – we didn't write him off. I don't think anyone – No, we wrote him off. We, we, okay, we, we wrote him off. Uh, but, but now then you, you see him come out. Uh, you know, they put up 34 points against the Texans. They're going to get used to playing without Rashawn Slater. Eventually, he's going to get Keenan Allen back. And if he has another big game or two over the next few weeks, his odds are going to drop. He's going to fall into that 10-to-1 range. So I think at plus 1,600, that I kind of like Herbert as uh, somewhat of a long shot right now.
0: All right. The long shot that I'm going to look at is, we already talked about him once in this podcast, Tom Brady's 40-to-1. I mean, it's four weeks into the season. The Buccaneers are 2-and-2. Two two. The offense hasn't looked good, but his offensive line is completely, com- you're completely redoing the offensive line. So they're adjusting to all that been missing receivers. It is not, it's not crazy to suggest that this uh, personal life stuff now boiling over just launches Brady into a, 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 a on-field destructive spree where he just rips apart defenses and goes bananas. The idea that the MVP race is down to four guys four weeks in the season is just silly. We see this every year. So Brady at forty to one to me is a pretty good look. Um, Trevor Lawrence, you know, Trevor Lawrence. I had him at one hundred twenty five to one before the season, thirty five to one. I don't guess I hate it, but as Sully has pointed out, there are better ways to attack the Jaguars potentially, including the Coach of the Year award. Although at this point, Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson seven to one, probably better bet than Trevor Lawrence thirty five to one for MVP.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think he's getting a ton of the credit for. The turnaround. I think the Urban Meyer narrative is something that's going to play into the voters' kind of mindset. And if all of a sudden, I mean, this division is is totally up for grabs. I mean, Indianapolis is not what we thought they were going to be this season, at least so far through four weeks. And the Jaguars are taking a kind of an uptick again. They had that, you know, that loss against Philadelphia where Trevor Lawrence had four or what was it, five turnovers, four fumbles or something like that. You know, that's not that's not going to help his case in these kind of discussions here. But for Doug Peterson. If he's able to right the ship and win this division, that's all you really need to do. And you could win this division at what? Like, you know, nine and seven or whatever yeah. it is, nine and eight. Like, that's all you really need to do to be able to put yourself in contention here, unless you have the Philadelphia Eagles just go on. Right. The Eagles are the
0: ones in the NFC. Doug Peterson's not, it's not going to matter what, right. what Doug Peterson does. Right, right. That's probably the only now, thing preventing him. conversely, and I cannot believe I'm saying this. I really, this is goes against the, my entire ethos. But I think that Mike McCarthy at thirty to one is a decent value for Coach of the Year. He's they're three and one. They're just a game back of the Eagles. They have they've three and zero without, without with with Cooper Rush. If they were to win the NFC East after missing Dak Prescott for a month plus, and the Eagles being very good, Mike McCarthy is going to get some love in this award.
2: Yeah, I could see that. I like that. I'm going to go even longer shot. Then Brenson, Kyle, uh, Kyle. We talked a little bit on our Monday Night Game podcast about how wide open the NFC West is. Well, what if the Seahawks oh. make the playoffs? You know how far down Pete Carroll is oh. tied for the lowest worst odds. He is a hundred to one to win this award. And I know Pete Carroll gets slammed all the time. But if the Seattle Seahawks, I'm not even sure they have to win the division. If they get to the playoffs with Geno Smith, yeah. that might—and this assumes Jacksonville can't win the division. No, that might
0: that might trump Jacksonville winning the division, honestly. Yeah.
2: So there you go. Pete Carroll is two and two, tied for first place in the NFC West, and he is sitting there with the worst odds at hundred to one. Are you kidding me? I'd at least sprinkle a little bit on that because the Seahawks looks pretty good, and
0: maybe they can surprise some people and get to the playoffs. I don't think it's crazy to hit. Uh, so you got Kyle Shanahan at fifty to one. I guess you could throw Kingsbury there at 81, but nobody wants to vote for K- Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> I think you do. I think Kyle Shannon 50 to 1 and Pete Carroll 100 to 1 is a very nice combo to have. Yeah. Cause you lose Trey Lance, you lose Russell Wilson, you know, you win that division. You make, the, you know, you, you, it just wouldn't be that crazy for, for voters to say, wow, they handled all that adversity. Same thing with the Mike McCarthy stuff. Like those three, I think are really good bets. McCarthy, I don't even mind Peterson at 7 to 1 either. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to bet him earlier in the year when we told you to, but it's not a, Point being is that those four I think are pretty good looks uh, right now at Coach of the Year. Um, Defensive player of the year. Let's see, where is it? The uh, Michael Parsons plus 180. Boses, Nick Bosa, 7 to 1. Rashad Gary, 8 to 1. Wow. Um, TJ Watt, 40 to 1. Probably too much time missed at this point. There's no way. It shouldn't even be on the list. Yeah, I don't see. Maybe Devin White at fifty to one is something I would look at. It's not a lot of love. Not lo- not a lot to love on here. Bradley Chubb fifty to one is a possibility, I guess. Is Roquan Smith playing well enough. I think I feel like we talked about that. You have to have a good. Your team has to be good to win, though. That's a problem. Yeah. For that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Is it, I, this is too wide open right now. I think.
2: I think Bosa at seven to one feels probably one of the better ones here just because you know michael parsons at plus 180 is just so well it's probably not worth right taking right now but you know through four weeks he leads the nfl in sacks there's no reason he can't keep that up and then you look at the 49er schedule they have another game against the rams They, they get to play the carolina panthers this week he might get a few more sacks on baker mayfield and then you just look at the rest of their schedule but they get to play the commanders and everyone gets to sack carson wentz and so I could see Nick Bosa uh, uh, racking up a few more sacks and and being in this race at the end of the year.
3: Yeah, maybe Von Miller, too. Another one to to look at. Again, you know, just yeah, someone who's going to be in it all throughout the season on a Super Bowl contender. I mean, like we were just saying, too, he could put up a ton of sacks. He could take down Kenny Pickett like 15 times next week. So that one, true, for me, true. is someone to kind of keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, I like it. All right, let's move on to... Um we'll do one more. Comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. Comeback player of the year. Where are you? It's this is not my fault. The layout is very difficult. There it is. All right. Saquon Barkley plus 160. Mm. And it's gonna be hard to beat Saquon Barkley. Brian Robinson Jr., four to one. He's coming back from getting from getting shot this year. I mean, I don't think that's where the voters will go with the with their selections, unless he's just a monster. You know what I mean? it's yeah, a cool story. it's not like I mean it's it's very. It's a very cool story. but it's not it's not really how those voters think about this. They think about it in terms of like Saquon hurt, not playing well. comes out, looks awesome. Giants are Giants are decent. Giants are in the mix. And all of a sudden, Saquon at plus one sixty. j k. Dobbins at twenty to one. I don't think is that crazy either. That's the one I like a lot.
3: I mean, you just looked at what he had last week, two touchdowns and a kind of a rainy game against Buffalo could have been he's, three only, two. he's only he's only been back for a couple of weeks here and he ran well too with against the it was against the Patriots and you know he didn't have that much exposure in that game it's not like they kind of really let him off the leash but I feel like if all of a sudden he starts piling up the stats here and starts getting a bunch of these touchdowns you could have the conversation again I don't think anybody's beating Barkley right now but if there was somebody I think Dobbins is the guy that gets the work that could maybe compete with him
2: Uh, and maybe even Derek Henry, we saw him miss, uh, nine games last year during the regular season. He slowly seems to be getting his footing back this season. He's looked better each week and he's someone who could end up leading the NFL and rushing and at 10 to one, that's decent. But to Prince's point about Brian Robinson, I feel like there should be like a rule in the comeback player, of the Year voting, where if you get shot twice and you make it back to the field and you literally do anything at all, rush for five yards, uh, you should automatically win the award. And that's just getting back at any point in the season. He's going to be back by week five, possibly five weeks after this happened.
3: Well, and you look at what Antonio Gibson has been able to do in the early seasons. I mean, he was supposed to have that role. I mean, he was beating Antonio Gibson straight up over the course of camp. And again, you know, he's kind of come down a little bit over the last few weeks here, but you're talking about double digit carries on a week in week out basis. If he now just, adopts all of that. I'm not saying obviously by week five, but if you're talking like week seven, the earliest if all of a sudden he just completely, you know, jumps over
0: him in the depth chart. There's a lot of touches
3: there to pile up some stats.
0: I wouldn't take it at four to one. I don't think it's that crazy for him to win, but like if he was like 15 or 20 to one, we'd definitely be (laughs) interested. Dobbins. I think I agree is probably the, the, the one I really like in the spot right now. Barkley at plus money. I mean, you're basically banking on Barkley to play the entire season. The giants to be, in the hunt. So I like I kind of intrigued at plus 160, but um it's it's a little short. I mean like, any any of these awards 4 weeks in at plus 160. Anything under 2 to 1 on any of these awards 4 weeks into the season. Like we're we're a quor- we're not even a quarter of the way home,
3: you know. Maybe the only other one if you're talking, you know, super long odds, 80 to 1 Chris Godwin. If he just is healthy and, that, yeah. and Brady starts going off here over the next few weeks, I mean that he's proven when healthy He's the go-to guy. So that may be someone if you're looking for a super long shot. Like I, I like that better than like, you know, DJ Chark and DeAndre Hopkins who are around his around his neighborhood.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Good stuff. A lot of games covered, a lot of awards covered. Kept it reasonably tight. Um that's it. Great stuff as always, guys. We'll be back uh Thanks. tomorrow. It's Brady Quinn football show, of course. EQFP, panel <laughs> and oh, whatnot. For uh, for Sully for Breach, I'm Britson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you guys later.